On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, all four Tesla models get some notable changes highlighted by some more noticeable and interesting tweaks to the Model 3. Plus, the Model S gets a price drop to the exact number that you'd imagine that Elon Musk would want to price it at. The first public beta of the full autopilot rewrite is coming this week and more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joining you for the palindromatic episode 272 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, for October 18th of 2020. And it is a jam-packed show, a supremely busy week of Tesla news, most of it all really exciting, fun stuff. To give you an idea of how much stuff went on this week, normally my show planner, where I keep all my notes, it's about 11 to 12 pages in a given week. This week, it's 16 pages, so let's get right to it and get started. Uh, the big story this week, the Model 3 changes that I told you about a few weeks ago have started to come true. Now, that rumor, which came via Chinese media and was reported by Tesla underscore underscore mania on Twitter, had said the following. There'd be a new steering wheel. There'd be a center console 2.0, whatever that meant new headlights and taillights, a power lift trunk, chrome delete, the octo valve, and double layer glass for better noise isolation. So, most of those have now been confirmed. The black trim, rest in peace, chrome, you're done, no more chrome, at least on the 3 and the Y. The center console 2.0 is confirmed. The power lift gate, the updated steering wheel, and the octo valve heat pump. So I can tell you that I saw the black trim myself on new cars that were loaded on carriers heading north on Highway 101 towards the shipping port in San Francisco here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And you could see the, uh, they had, you know, they, they tape it off for just to keep it from getting scratched. But on the rear quarter, uh, quarter that is, not corner, the rear quarter area, the you could see that's not taped over on all the cars and you can see very clearly black window trim there instead of chrome being visible. And in fact, now it is official. You can go to the Model 3 page uh, of the Design Studio on Tesla.com and see that one for yourself. As for the new center console, it was first posted to the Tesla Motors Reddit by user GWEYT, and now it too is official and you can see a high resolution picture of it in the interior section of the Model 3 Design Studio on tesla.com. And it is quite different. It is a significant change. The layout is the same, but the appearance has changed quite a bit. And so far, as you'd probably expect with just about any significant change to a, you know, a part of the car that you interact with a lot, the response in the community is mixed. Some like it, some don't. The top, and, and by top, I mean the section closest to the front of the car, is now open, and it's uh, finished in a suede or suede-like material. There's no lid, but there are sort of these two cutouts to, that are, you know, they look nice, I think, 
to stow and wirelessly charge your Qi compatible smartphone. And then the main storage compartment in the center of, of that console has a sliding door rather than a lid that pops open. So rest in peace as well to the close lid gently warning messages that you'd get in the in the in <laughs> pop up on your screen if you didn't if you tried to jam it closed and then it popped back open. And I would expect now the Model Y in the design studio that also got changes I'll be covering in a few minutes. The Model Y currently shows the I guess now old version of the center console in the design studio. They have not updated that, but I would expect this center console to also come to the Model Y sooner rather than later, probably as soon as they just run out of supply of the outgoing console, which could be a week from now, could be a month from now, but on the design studio for now, it still shows the old one. While I'm on the subject real quick, of center consoles. A random fun fact for those of you who may be a bit newer to the world of Tesla and might not know this, because this this would probably uh, seem strange to a lot of you if, you if you didn't already know this. The Model S originally had no center console. It just had this negative space there. You could set a purse there or a small bag in that spot. My cousin Pat in Arizona, his car is that way because it's an early 2013 build. And I've got to be honest with you, I kind of like it. I mean, I don't dislike the center console, uh, but I, I do like the complete lack of a center console at all. It makes the cabin feel more open, honestly. Now, of course, the downside is that you have almost nowhere to keep things hidden and out of sight. And Tesla did obviously eventually start including a center console in the S and in all the cars, but I thought that would be a fun little bit of trivia if you didn't already know that. Next up, the Octovalve, the breakthrough heat pump that is so much more efficient than the Model 3's original form of, uh, of climate control. The Octovalve heat pump is, in the Model 3, a Tesla employee who has sent me tips before that have been correct, sent me confirmation that the new Model 3s do indeed have the more efficient octovalve heat pump, and that is one of the reasons for the range increase. Yes, range increase on the Model 3, which again, I will talk about momentarily. Now, it's also detailed in this email uh, from a sales rep sent to another Tesla Motors Reddit user, Leper Convict, spelled with a K, detailing all of these changes Take a look, uh, listen to this, I should say. The list reads as follows. Interior upgrades. The sill plates that say Model 3 on them are now satin black to match the exterior trim, which the Model Y is like that as well. The seat controls have a graphite finish and the scroll wheels on the steering wheel are, the word here used here is metalized. So... Uh, I guess instead of plastic, they are metal now, and that is where your updated uh, steering wheel comes from, from that original rumor from Tesla Chinese Media that I, I recapped there at the top of this segment. And then uh, also mentioned matte black replaces gloss black throughout the interior, including the door release and window buttons which is nice because that now that would totally not match the new center console. So that's nice to see. 
And then the redesigned center console featuring fixed inductive charging mats for two smartphones wrapped in, oh yes, there it is, wrapped in a luxurious micro suede. Updated front compartment with a sliding lid, so that's the center console again. Two high-powered USB ports in the front compartment. Added a fifth USB port to the Model 3 located in the glove compartment. And the Model Y heat pump added to Model 3. So that is an employee, an employee email, a salesperson passing along to a customer, you know, confirming all that stuff, and, it, and also adding a couple of additional little details. The USB port in the glove box is for sentry mode because you can lock the glove box. So a smart move on Tesla's part there. A hat tip, Electrek had that first, the tidbit about the new USB port being located in the glove box. Uh, now this next part comes from another Tesla Motors Reddit user, Real Pokepop. The 19 inch, this is just weird. So just bear with this, try to picture it. And if, uh, if you're near your phone or a computer, Maybe pull up the design studio, go into you know model three and select the 19 inch wheels to take a look at what I'm about to tell you. The 19 inch sport wheels have been slightly revised. Now, people in the community, including myself, aren't quite sure if they're just hubcaps like the aero caps or if they're actual wheels. I'm pretty sure they're actual wheels. They just kind of look like caps now in a way that kind of the, the Model S's slipstream wheels that were offered, they were the default wheel for a long time on the S, they're no longer offered now, but kind of similar to that in sort of the the textural and almost like uh, geometric appearance of them off the car, if that makes any sense. Now these, these revised 19-inch sport wheels, I am someone who I adore the sport wheels. When the Model 3 first rolled out on the stage at the unveiling event on March 31st, 2016, which I was so lucky to get to attend, the silver Alpha prototype, which was the, the one of the two working ones and the one that they did most of their press with. That's actually the one that I got to ride in on my test ride that night. The sport wheels, I was in love with them from the word go. Elon confirmed shortly after the unveiling event that those wheels would go into production. They did, but of course, initially, they only went into production in 19-inch form. And on the prototype, where I thought they were so gorgeous, they were 20-inch wheels. Well, thankfully, they did eventually uh, come out as 20-inch wheels, as the default wheel, the and the only wheel you could choose uh, if you wanted the performance upgrade package on the Performance Model 3, which is what I bought. Uh, so I have to, so I say, I come at this, what I'm about to say from a place of really loving these wheels over the last, I guess, gosh, four and a half years since they were first unveiled. I think these, re these revised ones look significantly worse. Uh, I, and the reason I think that is and now to be fair, I haven't seen them in person yet, but in the pictures that were, were posted online by Real Pokepop and on you can see them in the design studio as well in, in render form. But I just think they look cheaper. They just, they look a lot cheaper. That's why it's, they might not be a hubcap, but they have kind of a cap look to them. It, they just look plasticky and cheap to me. So I'm not a fan of, of this revision, but that is how they are now. So uh, now, and that's acknowledging here 
they will probably look no different to nine out of 10 Tesla shoppers and buyers, if not nine and a half out of 10. It's, it's, it's the trained Tesla eye, uh, the maniacs like me, and I, I, and I call myself a maniac lovingly. Like it's, you know, I care about this stuff a lot, but to me, I'm not a fan, but take a look for yourself either on the design studio or on Reddit and see what you think. Also, uh, another change to the Model 3. Yes, this keeps going. We're 11 minutes into this, and we're still talking about changes to the Model 3. Drive Tesla Canada was the first to note that auto-dimming side mirrors are back on the Model 3. And here, I must humbly confess, I hadn't even known that they'd been removed. But they had, and now they are once again included on the Model 3. Also, as Omar, he of the at Holmar's blog Twitter account pointed out, because he got an up-close look at some of these on the shipping carrier, the, the truck, uh, the car carrier, these are, as designated by their vehicle identification number and the sequence of that VIN, they are 2021 model year cars. So these, these vehicles, with all these changes, are 2021. Um, now, again, if you go... On the design studio on Tesla.com right now, you can see a couple more things. First, like I said, I'm still not done. We're still going. The 18-inch aero wheels have been given a a kind of a a new look, a little refresh themselves. A more of a two-tone look, more gray. uh, The the gray and the black, the the gray wheel or cap, aero cap, and the black infills on the the fans, if you will. They've, uh, they just kind of look... Uh, a little more distinct from each other. And at least based on the photo in the design studio, the render there, uh, I think it's a much nicer look, particularly in concert with the new black window trim and black uh, satin door handles. So it's it's hard to tell if the actual design and shape of the wheel has been tweaked at all in the same way that it's obviously been tweaked on the 19-inch sport wheel, But it is entirely possible that these are just ever so slightly different and more efficient because that's why Tesla would do it. That would be the primary motivating factor for them to make that change. We know historically Tesla likes to take every inch they can get with regard to efficiency and those inches add up to yards of improvement. Look no further than the Model S which has seen its range go from 335 miles on a 100 kilowatt hour battery pack to about one year later, 402 miles on a 100 kilowatt hour battery pack. So this is within Tesla's MO to do. Next here, another thing. If you're again, if you're on that design studio, the third, I was talking a few minutes ago about March 31st, 2016, the night that The Model 3 was unveiled, and three prototypes were on the stage. The Silver Alpha prototype with the killer silver paint job that is is way nicer than the the silver that the Tesla actually offered buyers. You know, that had the 20-inch sport wheels. Then you had the matte gray, or matte black, I guess it would have been. The matte black uh, Model 3, that was a functioning Alpha prototype. That had the aero wheels, but they were 20-inch. And then you had the rolling red mule. That, was a, that wasn't a real car. It was a rolling red mule prototype. And that had the Uber turbines 
that of course eventually became real on the Model Y performance. Well, those Uber turbines now are now available. They are the wheel that you get if you purchase a Model 3 performance, uh, but the Uber turbines on the 3 are 20 inch, because they're, they're not the 21s that are on the Y, they're, they're sized down just a tad. So that now means that the Model 3's original three wheel configurations from that night four and a half years ago have all come to fruition. The only caveat being that the aero wheels, as I mentioned, ended up being 18 inch on the production car as opposed to 20 on that matte black alpha prototype. Anyway, perhaps more interestingly than that, the Uber turbines also give the Performance Model 3 a new 315 rated range uh, of, of mileage. 315 miles, it had been 299 previously after having been adjusted down. When I bought my car, they claimed it was the same 310 as it was on the regular dual motor with the but with you know 18 or 19 inch wheels. That is clearly not the case. Even 299 is optimistic on the 20 inch sport wheels, having now driven whatever I'm at 20 something thousand miles on my car. But anyway, uh, 315 miles of rated range on the Performance 3 with the 20 inch Uber turbines. Now, I'm not sure if that's also due to hardware changes, uh, presumably, and I'll talk more about that in a second, The because the rest of the Model 3s also got range bumps, or if, if the bulk of this range increase is from the wheels, but certainly the Uber turbines are, are almost certainly part of the reason, because not only do they look way more efficient and aerodynamic than the outgoing sport wheels, uh, we've seen that actually borne out on the Model Y performance, which again rolls on the 21-inch Uber Turbine wheels. Uh, so again, the Sport wheels no longer available in 20-inch form. They're only available in that revised 19-inch version I told you about earlier. Uh, I would be very tempted myself to throw a set of the 20-inch Uber Turbines on my car purely as a science experiment, because I'm super happy with the Zero Gs, but as a science experiment, I would like to see if there is a measurable difference in watt hour per mile efficiency on my 2018 Model 3 performance versus this new 2021 model. That would tell us how much of it's the wheels and how much of it is the other hardware changes, which of course, part of that is definitely the octo valve. That does improve efficiency. So part of this here is definitely the octo valve but the other part of it is probably the Uber turbines being more efficient than the sport wheels. So I'm sure somebody out there is gonna run that experiment for science, of course, to just drive the car for a while with 20 inch sport wheels and then throw on a set of the 20 inch Uber turbines. Uh, random note, this now means there have been four official performance wheels for the Performance Model 3. And uh, this is, and of course, presuming, I mean, it's still 20 inch, but I do presume that the wheel sizes are the same uh, on, the, on the 20 inch Uber Turbine Performance Model 3 as they are on the outgoing Sport. Uh, but the, reason, the only reason I question it is because the Uber Turbines now 
The Performance 3 is being fit with Pirelli P0 tires. That's detailed right on the design studio. The previous Model 3 Performance with the sport wheels have always come with the Michelin Pilot 4S tire. If you're curious, I looked it up. The Pirellis are more expensive. They're $370 per tire on TireRack.com versus $330 for the Michelins, and the Pirellis have a slightly lower treadwear rating. So they're a more expensive tire that doesn't last as long. And, I mean, you're already looking at 15000 maybe 20000 if you're lucky on the 20-inch Michelin Pilot uh, 4S tires on the Performance 3. But maybe the, maybe the Pirellis handle better. I'm not sure. I would imagine that Tesla chose them for a reason, although it could just be as simple a reason as Tesla got a better deal on from Pirelli than they were getting from Michelin. I don't know. Uh, now, the as I've been teasing a couple times here, the Performance 3 isn't the only one with a range boost. The Standard Range Plus is now rated at 263 miles. That, just stop for a second, 263 miles, that is amazing value for a $38,000 car. I mean, that's tremendous. You are really getting a, a really substantial car packed with great features, you know, free software updates, basic autopilot for a car that starts at $38,000. That is great. And the long range, get this, just forgetting the performance now, I'm done with that. The dual motor long range Model 3 is up to an incredible 353 miles up from 322. 353 miles, that is amazing. Again, I just mentioned how the Model S a short time ago was the the leader in the fleet with a 335 mile range. And now the, you know, what, $48,000, $47,000 Model 3 long range is a 353 mile range car. That's that's on the 18 inch arrows, of course. If you get the 19s, it's going to cut into it a little bit, but... But that's just incredible. I mean, that's that's really fantastic. And the Model Y, by the way, is up 10 miles from 316 to 326. And even better, if you are a Model Y owner listening to this right now, you are going to get a range boost in a software update. Your next software update, 2020.40.7, which says improved efficiency. Your car's range has increased with a new soft with new software that improves the efficiency of the motors and the climate control system. So congratulations to Model Y owners. Your car, this is yet another example. They're just they're Teslas are littered with these. Yet another example of how your car gets better after you buy it. It's just unbelievable. I was thinking about that with my car the other day how much better my car is now than when I bought it. Between Sentry Mode and two performance updates, my car is has a higher top speed, 162 miles an hour now. Not that I've ever sniffed that, but my car's faster. My car's quicker than when I bought it. It's got Sentry Mode. It's The autopilot's improved. The city, you know, stoplight, stop sign stuff. All these things, it's just incredible. Uh, and, and now here you go, the Model Y getting a range tweak as well via tweaks to the motor and climate control system 
from an over-the-air software update. And on a related note, not to be left out, the Model X has a change too. It also gets a range boost from 351 miles for the long range Model X up to 371 miles on the long range Model X. The Performance X, if you're curious, 341. So you could have a, a seven seat family hauler SUV that does zero to 60 in 2.6, I believe it is, seconds, and gets 341 miles to a charge. Or if you're, you know, you know the regular X, which is incredible vehicle on its own, performance or otherwise, 371 miles. Now, uh, the, the first find on this goes to Tesla Motor Club user, Cold Weather EV, that's the username there, they posted the Monroney sticker of their new Model X that they just got, which is labeled a 2021 model, and it had the EPA rating on that Monroney sticker listed at 371 miles instead of that 351. And again, that 371 now official in the Tesla Design Studio. Uh, Cold Weather EV mentions that he checked that, and his his X has the Revision H battery pack which yes, you can check what version battery you have. If you just look under the car at the right angle through the wheel wells, you can see a sticker on the battery pack. And that ver that H revision is newer than what anyone had previously seen. And again, this, this does make sense given the Model S's recent bump up to 402 miles. And I would bet the farm that we are gonna hear a lot more about this, all of this from Elon and from Tesla in the shareholder letter next week and on the earnings call next week. I mean, boy, that is, I still can't get over it. That is so much range for, again, a seven, a huge seven seat family hauler. That is impressive, very cool stuff. Now, to finish this up, we will probably need to wait until these new Model 3s get into owner's hands to find out if the rest of those rumors the re well, the rest of those rumored items that I talked about, so the new taillights, the uh, double layer glass, uh, if that's come in. But what, one other one that did come in right before I recorded confirmation on, you know, you heard it earlier, the, that power lift gate. So that's in there too. The, the headlights should be quick to check as soon as, as soon as somebody can get a good clean look at, at one of the cars. But uh, we'll probably learn that sooner rather than later. Now, all in all, I mean... It's up to you whether or not you want to call this a refresh. I mean, the, the Model S got a refresh in March of 2016 with the new nose cone. Like they changed the, and they also uh, deleted some chrome trim around the bottom and on, on the back and the, the diffuser. You know, that was a, that was a obvious visual change to the car. And you know, the Model 3 is getting a visual change too with the black trim replacing the chrome trim. But yeah, I mean, if you want to call it a refresh, go for it. But uh, at the very least, it's a few awesome tweaks. I mean, these cars get tweaks every week at the factory, That most of which we don't see. These tweaks we do get to see, but regardless, just fantastic stuff all around. Speaking of fantastic, the Model S performance, uh, well, actually both variants of the Model S, had their prices lowered. 3,000 bucks off for the performance, which now starts at just under 92,000, 91,990. The long range plus 
dropped to 71,990 until the very next day when Elon announced on Twitter, quote, the gauntlet has been thrown down. The prophecy will be fulfilled. Model S price changes to $69,420 tonight. And sure enough, if you go on the Tesla Design Studio right now with the Model S, you will see that. Now, first of all, only Tesla would intentionally price a car at that number. I imagine that Elon's been wanting to do this since 2012 when the Model S first rolled out. That he's, you know, we know he's played the long game with jokes before with, with S3XY. So he's probably been eyeing this for a while. But it's, it's funny. Let's tip our caps here. It's funny. But on a more serious note, talk about impressive value. The Model S, and I recognize that what I'm about to say is going to sound like a fanboy thing to say, and I'm okay with that. I am a fanboy. This is a fanboy podcast. Yes, I try to keep everything rooted in fact and, and you know, logic, but yes, I'm a Tesla fanboy. I wouldn't be doing this podcast otherwise. Anyway, that is to say, I believe the Model S is still arguably the greatest car in the world. 400 miles of range, and that version of it that gets 400 miles has a 0-60 to 60 time of 3.7 seconds, enough to blow away most cars off the line. And if you want that uh, performance mode, you're going to get 350 miles of range with a 0-60 to 60 of 2.4 seconds. So it's just amazing. It's just fantastic. Uh, in fact, that just got bumped up. Uh, 387 miles of range for the performance model. So it was 348. Now the performance ludicrous mode Model S, 387 miles of range. That's an 11% increase. I did the math. It was like, that seems like it's 10%. Sure enough, it's 11%. So incredible. Um, you know, and as I started to say with my opinion that the Model S is the best car in the world, and that's not taking nothing away from the Model 3, but the Model S, 400 miles of range, 0 to 60 of 3.7 seconds. Uh, it starts under $70,000, plus the incredible cargo volume that rivals SUVs, gorgeous looks, and an impeccable world-beating safety rating. Now, is the interior and exterior design of the S a bit long in the tooth? Absolutely. I think that's fair to say. I mean, it's a subjective opinion, sure. But I would argue, personally, I think the exterior of the S still looks quite good. The interior, I think, is not aging quite as well as the exterior is. But again, a 400-mile range Model S for under 70000 or the world's quickest car that seats five adults, has tons of cargo space, is now available for under $100,000. So just fantastic. Now, digging a little deeper on this, one commenter on Reddit, who claims to be a former Tesla employee, posted to say that they thought this smelled like an inventory sell-off to them ahead of a larger refresh, meaning the price drop is uh, indicative of an inventory sell-off to try and get rid of all the Model S's. And I'll tell you, that is certainly the most exciting option. And it's definitely possible 
The rumor for a while now has been that Q1 of 2021 will be the time when a refresh or redesign happens. Q4 of 2021, alongside the release of the Plaid S, would seem to make more logical sense for that, but we'll see. Regardless of whether or not that redesign bears out next year, though, the reality is that Model S sales have been sliding for a while. The 3 absolutely has taken away a lot of Model S sales. I don't think there's any bigger culprit to it than that, because the S has only gotten better. That's the thing. It's not like the S has completely just been stagnant and they've done nothing to it. No, they've improved the car quite a lot in the performance metrics, in the range metrics, the new suspension, etc., etc. But before the Model 3 came around, if you think back to 2016, Model S sales were increasing. They had been going up year over year to the point where the S and the X each we're doing 50 to 60,000 units per year. And again, that was on the upswing. Now, sales of the S are going the other way. I know there are definitive pros and cons to each vehicle, the 3 versus the S, and that they are reasonably different. But again, I think it's fair to say, and the sales numbers definitely reflect it, that the Model 3 is a much better value overall than the Model S, particularly now that the 3 can be had in long-range form for $47,000, and that is a 353-mile range car that, guess what, still has pretty impressive performance, 0 to 60. I mean, the, the dual-motor non-performance 3 is no slouch. It's still a pretty quick car. I mean, yeah, the, the S, this price drop down to 69420 it does... This price drop does close the gap on that a bit, but you're still looking at a price delta of over $20,000 between the dual motor long range 3 and the dual motor long range S. I mean, the S is incredible, but is it $22,000 better than the 3? Maybe, maybe not in the eye of the buyer, but remember too that Tesla is completely fine with the Model 3 having its sales go up and up and up, even at the expense of, of the S. You've heard Elon say that they're really only producing the S and the X out of sort of emotional connection, like almost a nostalgia to it. But Tesla wants people buying threes and Ys. Those are the high volume cars. That's what makes the company money. That's what moves the needle towards transitioning the world to sustainable energy. And yes, I mean, the S and the X do have excellent margins when those are sold, but the 3 and the Y do too, and Tesla would rather sell you one of those. But needless to say, if you are in the market for a larger performance sedan that has incredible range, the Model S is now an even better buy than it was last week. Meanwhile, yes, we're still going. How about a Model Y change? More Model Y changes, not just the range. We've got an update on the seven-seater Model Y from Elon, who tweets, quote, starting production on the seven-seater, meaning Model Y, next month, meaning November, initial deliveries in early December, end quote. Well, I am really curious what the demand for these is going to be. It's going to cost a bit more to the end user, to the customer, 
But for families with young kids, it could be a major draw for those who might not be willing or able to spend $80,000 or more on a Model X. As I've mentioned before, that third row of the Model Y, based on my experience riding in the second row of the three-row prototype Model Y, that third row is simply not going to be suitable for adults, but it would be great for kids. It's going to be the backpack, which is what my little sister and I used to call that total rear cargo area in my parents' station wagon, which was a 1984 Nissan Sentra wagon. Uh, that was back in the 80s when you could put your kids back there with no seat belts and nobody would call the cops on you. That was just how things were in the 80s. And I know those of you who are older than that as well, that was the case in the 70s as well. It's, it's, so don't please don't uh, listen to this and go, Ryan's parents were monsters. No, they were not. That was, that was the 80s. But anyway, will Tesla prioritize the seven-seat, three-row Model Ys for the rest of the quarter once they do go into production on it as a way to up margins and thus profits? For Q4, that will, I guess, all demand on the aforementioned demand, I suppose. But still, a lot of people have been waiting for that variant, so it's nice to know that they'll finally be able to get it very soon. Now remember, at the original Model Y unveiling in March of 2019, the seven-seater, when pre-orders went up, they were not supposed to be available until 2021. That's what the original listing for the seven-seater was. So, it looks like Tesla will end up being a bit early on this one, just like they have been with the rest of the Model Y versions. Good job under-promising and over-delivering on that Tesla. That is, That will always make people happy. Uh, finally, in terms of the changes to the cars, some not-so-great news. The seven-day return policy, seven days or a thousand miles, that policy has been discontinued. As of me recording this on Friday night, it's still showing up on the Tesla website, so I expect that to get removed any minute now, perhaps even by the time you go to check it when hearing this. But a Tesla employee sent me a screenshot of the internal communication, which reads as follows, quote, Effective October 16th, 2020, we are discontinuing our customer-facing seven-day return policy. We are replacing our blanket policy with a new process that focuses more on individual customer feedback to better understand and address new vehicle quality concerns on a large scale. End quote. I have to say, I'm not quite sure what that means. I mean, at least it does appear to be an acknowledgement of customer concerns about build quality. I mean, I don't know if maybe too many people were returning cars over, over fit and finish issues, so they went ahead and killed the policy. Maybe they felt that, in Tesla's defense, maybe they felt that people were uh, using that return policy in bad faith. I don't know, but here's the thing. On, on balance, on the surface anyway, the cancellation of this is not exactly great for the customer. So... I'm not ready to call foul on Tesla with this just yet because, quite frankly, I just don't feel like I have enough information 
to do that just yet, even though I have Tesla's internal communication, I don't know what they're actually going to do about it as in, in terms of a replacement policy, but this is definitely something that I am going to keep an eye on for sure. The big picture in all this, the big picture point here, step back, take a look at everything I just spent, wow, almost 40 minutes detailing. I hope, I hope you didn't feel like I was wasting your time with that. That was a lot to go through. But man, 10,000 foot view on this, look how much better the entire lineup just got. All four models getting significant improvements this week in some form or another, whether it's in price, whether it's in functionality, range, or some combination of the above. Tesla just continues to keep their foot on the accelerator, while sadly the competition in the electric vehicle space is having trouble even getting off of the starting grid. So this is why Tesla continues to not only maintain a, a lead over their competition, but to just keep growing that lead. They're lapping the field at this point. And believe me, I don't say that as a like a gleeful Tesla fanboy. I wanna see more great electric cars. I'm hoping the Lucid Air is going to be that. The Porsche Taycan is that. It's, it's pricier, but it's by all accounts a phenomenal vehicle. Wanna see more great EVs. But as a Tesla fan, I absolutely love seeing Tesla continue to just improve these cars, making them better in various ways. Love to see it. And I wanna say kudos to everyone on the Tesla teams, all of the vehicle teams who just work so hard to make these cars better and better and better, not just on a yearly basis, but on practically a monthly basis. I mean, these cars are just throughout the year continuously made better, not just under the hood where the customer can't see it, but we get the acceleration boosts. We get the, you know, the, the, the interior tweaks. We, we get all, we see all this stuff. It does come in, in bits, bit by bit throughout the year. And it's just wonderful to see. All right, the final news story I have for you, just as a chaser here, that's not related to any of this. Elon Musk says that the first semi-public beta, aka early access release, of the full autopilot rewrite is going out this coming week. Elon taking to Twitter to say, quote, limited full self-driving beta releasing on Tuesday of next week, he means October 20th, as promised. This will, at first, be limited to a small number of people who are expert and careful drivers, end quote. Well, I'm not sure how they determine that, but what usually happens is that the people that do get these updates tend to leak details, even though they're technically under NDA, but Elon not only seems to not mind when people post about that stuff, he often responds to it on Twitter to the people posting the messages, so he clearly is not bothered by uh, chatter about these things when they're in their early access form. So we might have our first public feedback on this in time for next week's podcast, which, by the way, is the big earnings call show that I do four times a year, coinciding with uh, each quarter's earnings call. Um, a quick note on this, though. Before I, before I move on to the Ride the Lightning hotline, I just wanted to say... I want to caution, again, I just got done saying I'm a big Tesla fanboy, you know that, but 
As a Tesla fanboy, I want to caution anyone, politely and respectfully, and myself included, by the way, I lump myself in with this. I want to caution anyone about getting too hyped up for the full autopilot rewrite. Because remember, this is a long-term project designed to better feed the neural net in a faster, more efficient way. The rewrite in and of itself is not necessarily better to the, in, better to the user in an obvious user-facing way. It might be, but it might not. That's all I'm trying to say. A good comparison, all right, well, maybe not that good since what I'm about to say, this isn't even, even out yet, but bear with me here. A decent comparison might be the Giga Berlin Model Y to the Fremont Model Y. The Giga Berlin Model Y will have the same range, same performance, et cetera, et cetera, but it's going to be built, as I told you about last week, in a next-gen way that will be cheaper for Tesla. Now, I know there's going to be a paint job difference that will probably be pretty obvious, and the handling might be noticeably better thanks to the structural battery pack and the 4680 cells being kept closer to the center of the car. But generally speaking, it'll be the same Model Y to most buyers, right? So it'll be interesting to do a Coke versus Pepsi blind taste test challenge with an average Model Y buyer once somebody can get a Berlin Model Y side by side with a Fremont Model Y. Anyway, I'm rambling, but all that is to say that I would kindly advise myself and, and humbly all of you to not necessarily expect a night and day difference between the autopilot that we have now and the full rewrite that's imminent later this year. All right, that is the end of an extraordinarily busy week of Tesla news, but fun stuff for the most part there. Stick with me. I've got some of your excellent phone calls to play and talk about in the Ride the Lightning Hotline coming up right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. Time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Your calls, questions, comments, discussion topics. If you've got one, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to have you be a part of the show. So call in in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, comment, or discussion topic, and email it my way, teslapodcast at gmail.com. That's the email address to use. Please try to keep your call to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible. Or you can take that same call and just leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's nice and easy. Dial it up toll-free anytime. The number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And hey, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. We start with Russ from Australia. Go ahead, Russ. Hi, Ryan. It's Russ from Australia. How do robo-taxis work when someone needs to plug them in? Is, are they going to have robo-snake chargers everywhere? Like, how does that work? What do you think? 
Hey Russ, thanks for your call. You know, you weren't the only one to bring this up this week in response to the Charging Snake segment from last week. I agree that yes, the Charging Snake will be straight up necessary for the RoboTaxi fleet to work to its fullest capacity. Tesla could launch RoboTaxi without it and be limited by the range of the vehicle uh, before it needs to return home for you to plug in. But it can go all day if it can get autonomously charged. The other immediately viable option, which has also been brought up by Ride the Lightning Hotline callers before, is to staff a valet at every single supercharger or at least enough of them in cities to allow for robo-taxis to come through and get plugged in. And for whatever it's worth, know that supercharger valets are not an insane idea. They already exist, in fact. Here in the San Francisco Bay Area at the very busy San Mateo Supercharger, it's only eight stalls, and it's right near the airport, and it's at the intersection of a major freeway, Highway 101, and the San Mateo Bridge, major bridge. So this supercharger is basically always packed. So there's often an attendant there to make sure that things are moving as efficiently as possible. So either of those, or perhaps a mix of both, could be the way that we see Tesla go in the early days of what will be known as the Tesla network. Thanks, Russ. Howard from Maryland is up next. Take it away, Howard. Ryan, Howard from Maryland here. I thought this past week's podcast was excellent. And it got me thinking about changes to the Model Y that we will see coming out of the Berlin Gigafactory. How much of an improvement do you think the Model Y will have with the NCAP safety tests in Europe? It seems to me that this new design of single cast front and back and the structural battery pack will actually make these vehicles take over the Volvo slot for super safe cars. What are your thoughts? I couldn't agree with you more, Howard. You heard Elon on last week's show. Well, I mean, I read the tweet, but you know what I mean. He said it is a major breakthrough with an emphasis on the word major. The car is stronger and thus safer, and the structural battery pack will also improve handling as well. This is, again, a running theme this week, going to be a fanboy thing of me to say, but I think Tesla already has overtaken Volvo as the king of car safety. The difference is that Tesla is simply not as well known as Volvo around the world, generally speaking, yet. In time, Tesla is going to be the widely known safest brand of cars, both in Europe and in every other major market that Tesla is in. Give it some time. It is already happening. Cody from Southern Illinois is up next. Go ahead, Cody. Hey, Ryan. My name's Cody. I'm from Southern Illinois. My wife, Holly, and I are brand new Model 3 owners and Xbox gamers from way back. So I followed you on IGN as well. I just want to say I enjoy the podcast. I had one thing to bring up about the Wolverine comment as far as the Cybertruck on battery day. I know that was being considered maybe the smaller alternative version for other markets, but I wondered if the name, uh, whereas some articles had 
mentioned if maybe it was just a comic book nod, but there is also that possible competitor, Nicola, making the Nicola Badger truck. I wondered if that might be just a stab back at them to make a Wolverine version instead of to go up against the Badger. Anyways, just wondered your thoughts on that or if anyone else had any other ideas as far as where that came from for the tighter, smaller Cybertruck. Either way, I'm excited for Cybertruck. I enjoy the podcast. Thanks. You know, Cody, I suspect you're probably right about that one. We know that Elon is well aware of Nikola because they're engaged in a legal battle with them. So, yeah, I think you've nailed this one. Thank you very much for calling in. Jay from Hickory, North Carolina is next. Hey, Ryan. This is Jay Rogerson calling again from Hickory, North Carolina, a future Cybertruck owner. Wanted to get your thoughts on the recent gaming news about uh, Microsoft's gaming boss, Phil Spencer, reportedly telling his employees that they were going to be bringing uh, Xbox's Game Pass and cloud gaming to iOS devices, hopefully in 2021. Again, this is all reportedly, but if it is true, what do you think the possibility of it coming to Tesla's in-car browser? Um, and if that is a possibility, if you think so, I've seen some people using uh, like an Xbox wired controller plugged into the USB of their cars to control the Easter egg games that are in the Teslas. Uh, what do you think about that? What's, what's the uh, possibility of that working for browser-based games? Um, and if all this is true, how excited are you? I know as a as a fellow you know Xbox enthusiast, this is super cool. If I could be, if I could have you know my whole Xbox library available in my Tesla, that'd be pretty rad. So love to hear your thoughts. Talk to you later. Jay, I'm happy you brought this up because of course it overlaps the two things that I know and love best: video games and Teslas. So to answer your question. I think that regardless of how the iOS situation turns out, now for those of you who don't know, Microsoft has a cloud-based gaming service uh, that they've been building called Project xCloud that allows you to stream games directly to any device, including your phone, but currently they are locked in a battle with Apple over it because in short, Apple wants a cut of any game or microtransactions sold through that service. That means that xCloud is currently available on Android devices, but not Apple stuff. Anyway, Jay, I think that regardless of that battle, Microsoft will eventually bring xCloud to our Teslas for a couple of reasons. First, Microsoft has been walking the walk on saying that they want to bring gaming to gamers wherever they play and actually do it. You know, that's not just, not just saying it, they're doing it. And two, quite honestly... I know this is not scientific at all, but uh, there are a lot of Xbox employees with Teslas. Trust me, I know a bunch of them and I've seen their parking lot. So I think they're gonna be motivated to do it. That's all I'm saying. Although to temper expectations, I do wonder if we might have to wait for 5G to get into the Teslas for to have the best quality experience possible and for xCloud to really happen in there. But in theory, that won't be too long. I mean, 5G is really starting to go big now. We've seen Samsung and some Android stuff earlier this year. Now the iPhone 12 is about to hit with 5G. And with Tesla, it took them a while. If you remember back, it took them a while to switch from 3G to 4G LTE in the cars 
but hopefully we'll see Tesla shipping with 5G radios in them. I mean, it'd be great by the end of next year, hopefully, maybe even sooner. We'll see. Thanks again, Jay. Uh, Patrick from the Carolinas, you are on the air. Hey, Ryan, this is Patrick from the Carolinas. I've been a big fan of the show for many, many years now. First time calling in. Uh, I live now in South Carolina. I'd actually moved from North Carolina. And I was wondering, any Tesla owners in South Carolina, I was curious what your experience was like purchasing a Tesla from a state that doesn't permit the sale of Teslas. <laughs> I, I've seen them around the area. And of course, you can purchase them in North Carolina. Um, so you can hop right over the state line and do the service center there and things like that. But I was just curious if anyone out there could provide their experience purchasing a Tesla from a state that has different rules regarding uh, purchasing of vehicles directly, et cetera. So anyway, I hope you are doing well. And uh, thank you so much for this awesome show. Love it. Bye. Patrick, I am happy to put this out there in case anybody wants to respond and try to help. I mean, there are plenty of people in states where Teslas are illegal to be sold who would probably benefit from hearing other people's experiences with it. So uh, if you want to call in or write in, I can connect you with Patrick. I can maybe play something on the air that's helpful to him and to other people to share your experience. So uh, putting that out there on Patrick's behalf and again, probably a number of other people's behalf as well. Let me take a couple more calls this week. First up, Doug in Colorado. Go ahead, Doug. Hi, Ryan. It's Doug in Colorado. Just did a 3,600-mile road trip in my Model 3 out to the Pacific Northwest, California coast, and Moab. Towards the end of it, I did find myself hightailing it out of your beautiful state due to the amount of smoke and fire and got to thinking that a couple features that I'd really like to see overlaid on the navigation in the Teslas would be a depiction of where the fires are and where the smoke is. Um, I know there are maps available online. I was using those during that trip, and if that could be overlaid on the moving map in the Tesla, that'd be super helpful. And on that note, while they were at it, if they could overlay a weather radar so that uh, we could dodge some of those nasty summer hailstorms, uh, especially in Colorado and the upper Midwest and stuff, that'd be helpful. And one other thought of uh, another helpful piece of information that they could provide on the map would be current elevation. You know, sometimes you start going up a gradient and don't realize you're going up and start seeing your uh, efficiency go down and down and down and wonder why. And if you, you know, look and see, oh, well, I just gained a thousand feet in elevation. Well, maybe that's why my efficiency isn't so hot and I'll get it back when I go back down the other side of the pass or whatever. Anyway, just a few thoughts of things that would have helped me out on my road trip. Love the show. Have a great day. I would love to see the car's navigation system level up in that way, Doug. Not just for the reasons that you describe, but even just knowing the weather at your destination can help you better pack and prepare. But yeah, uh, I'm 100% with you on those suggestions. Thank you very much for calling in. Happy to put those out there into the world for, so that perhaps Tesla hears them. Finally this week, Eric from Vermont has a interesting feature idea. Go ahead, Eric. 
a feature idea. I'm just going to call it tire management mode. Uh, here in Vermont, it's a good idea to have a set of winter to wheels and tires, something to swap, um, you know, between when it's snowing and when it's not. Uh, Tesla software should be able to calculate how many miles you've rode on uh, the tires given the TPMS sensors in them are separate and how long those tires have been on the front and how long they've been on the rear and when tires should be rotated to follow the manufacturer's guidelines. Uh, all this data could then be submitted to the tire companies for warranty claims uh, so customers can prove how many miles were on the winter versus the summer and how to get some prorated money when the tires don't last as long as they're supposed to, which probably is all the time for Teslas. Um, maybe if more people started asking for warranty money back from the tire manufacturers, manufacturers would work a little harder to come up with tires that are built tough enough for EVs. Uh, thanks again for a great podcast uh, each and every week. Talk to you later. Interesting idea, Eric. I agree that the car could probably do it. After all, you can go in and select which tire and wheel package you have in the car's menu, and when you do that, the TPMS system recalibrates. You can do some of this manually with the trip meters that are built into the car, which you can label. Uh, you could have one for winter tires and one for your summer slash all-season tires. Thank you so much for your call. Thanks to everybody for your calls. Again, I love this part of the show. I love hearing from you. I think it adds a lot. So if you'd like to participate, call in anytime in one of the two easy ways that I told you about at the top of this segment. And with that, I'll take a very, very quick break and be right back with your pro tip of the week and a very strange thing that's been going on with my car this week. So stay tuned for that right after this. Well, I had a strange thing happen with my car this week. The airbag warning light on the top row on the left side there of the screen came on and I tried a, a hard reset, you know, with my foot on the brake, holding down the two scroll wheel buttons, didn't fix it. And then it was there for a couple days, two or three days. And then I went, okay, I guess I better make a service appointment. Actually, first I looked it up in the owner's manual and it, it indeed said, Stop using your car and get it serviced. So uh, hopefully it's nothing serious. Um, you know, definitely don't feel great driving it around if the airbag system is potentially compromised. But I made a mobile service appointment, which made me happy because it's like, great, I won't have to go anywhere. They'll just come to me, take a look at it. And uh, sure enough, a day later, <laughs> I got a text message from Tesla service that said, after reviewing the logs, we're going to need to bring your car into service for the repair. So I'm not surprised at all because, uh, I mean, I'm not sure what's wrong with it, whether it's an actual airbag failure or just a sensor or something. But I imagine they're going to or there's a reasonable chance they'll have to take the dash apart to go figure it out. So it'll get taken care of. It'll be fine. But, yeah, that was just a random, unexpected thing that popped up for me this week. All right, pro tip of the week time. Tim from San Diego responding to episode 268 on the pro tip about washing the car. So here's Tim with a, a tip of his own with regard to cleaning. Hey, Ryan, Tim from San Diego. On your episode 268, I heard you saying how badly the spirit of adventure needed a wash. 
Got a pro tip for you and your listeners on washing your Tesla. A way to get it nice and shiny, save lots of money, save lots of water, and keep car wash runoff out of the storm drain. We got a midnight silver metallic Model Y in July 2020, and before that, a black Model 3 in August 2018. When we got the 3 two years ago, I was worried about how to safely wash it. Took it for paint protection film to Elite Finish in San Diego. It turned out that they make a product called Wash Mist, a concentrated formula sold in a kit with a spray bottle and a set of microfiber cloths. It's really easy to use. You just pour into the spray bottle one ounce of the Wash Mist formula and mix it with 15 ounces of distilled water. And that is the only water you use. In a video on the Elite Finish website, they demonstrate a simple technique for how to spray on the mist and wipe down the car. It takes about 30 to 40 minutes to do a thorough job. When I'm done, the car looks great. I use less than 15 ounces of water, and not a drop of anything goes to the ground to flow into the storm drain. Nowadays, one of my favorite things to do is to give one of our Teslas a wash mist bath, give myself a little exercise, and bring out that beautiful shine all while listening to the Ride the Lightning podcast. By the way, I get no kickback from Elite Finish for shouting out their product. I can say I've been using it for over two years, and it just works really well. It's cheap, and it's very eco-friendly. The way I see it, it's important to keep our Teslas looking as good as possible out on the road to attract new Tesla buyers and move forward the Tesla mission of transitioning the world to sustainable energy. That's it, Ryan. Thanks for your devotion to your podcast and the Tesla community. You know, Tim, I think I saw a video online about that exact product a while back. Like, it's been a few years now. Your, your call rang a bell for me, so thank you very much for reminding me of it and for bringing up an almost waterless option for the rest of the Ride the Lightning audience to consider, and me too, for that matter. So thank you very much. And again, if you've got a pro tip of the week, something interesting about your car that may not be super obvious that you'd like to share with your fellow owners and enthusiasts, you can call in and share it the very same way that you call in with the Ride the Lightning hotline. All right, before I scoot out of here, a few mentions of some friends of the podcast. Again, the snap plate from livingtesla.com slash RTL, that's the website to go to, they now have the coupon code RTL, which is 10% off of your entire order. That coupon is only valid during the month of October. So if you've been thinking about that, jump on it now while you've got the 10% discount. It is the front license plate bracket for people like me that hate having to have a front plate on the car. So you can find more details on livingtesla.com RTL. Meanwhile, abstractocean.com. They've got their 15% discount waiting for listeners of this podcast. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout. That's all one word, RTLPODCAST, to get 15% off of your first order. And they've got all kinds of stuff, lighting kits, center console uh, screen, excuse me, center console wrap kits, screen protectors, and then their newer products like the rear footwell lighting kit. That really classes up your interior. It's a nice match to the rest of the car's uh, ambient lighting. And then they've got a drop-in cup holder stabilizer, if that's of interest to you as well. So again, abstractocean.com there. Meanwhile, puretesla.com slash RTL is your one-stop shop for all your dash cam and sentry mode needs. 
the kit that they put together for you there comes ready to go right out of the package, free shipping anywhere in the U.S., and it is not USB-based. The reading and writing and the reading and the writing over and over happens on to a micro SD card that's hooked into a USB kit so that it is going to hold up better in the long term. My first USB stick crapped out because it is not meant for what Sentry Mode uses it for. So grab a kit from puretesla.com RTL. And what else? Ah, Immaculate Reflections, of course. Ace detailing provider there. My friend Jeff, if you are going to be in the Bay Area or are in the San Francisco Bay Area, you can get a discount just by mentioning this podcast when you book in with Jeff at Immaculate Reflections. Whether you want to do ceramic coating, paint protection film, paint correction, something else, all of the above, some of the above, get in touch, book in IR Detailing short for Immaculate Reflections, irdetailing.com, and you can see examples of his work on his website as well. And then, of course, Jada. They're rocking that awesome Jada wireless charging pad for the Model 3, soon to be outdated by the new console, but for the, there are plenty of, there are hundreds of thousands of Model 3s out there that can use a Jada wireless charging pad. I am a happy customer myself. There's also the USB hub that adds a whole bunch more USB ports, including some USB-C ports. And currently, there's the Ride the Lightning coupon code, which uh, is active and you can use it. And I did find out that you cannot stack the coupon code, so just choose whatever works for you. There is also a temporary coupon code there, uh, which is the same as my Ride the Lightning one, so there's you can use that or $10 off one item using the coupon code NEWSLETTER10, altogether, no spaces. Or if you're getting a couple things, $20 off by, uh, when you buy two items using NEWSLETTER20. So thank you to Jada for continuing to be friendly to my podcast audience and offering them some great deals. And that will about wrap it up. Uh, if you are listening please subscribe. That's free. You can subscribe on just about all the major podcast services, including YouTube, where I've just got audio only, but a lot of people like to consume their podcasts on YouTube while they're either working or what have you or, or taking a break. Meanwhile, the plaid level supporters. I told you last week about the refresh that I did. Tesla just did a big refresh on the Model 3. I just did a big refresh on my Patreon. So there's all kinds of great stuff on there, different uh, perks and benefits for you and ways I try to thank you at the different tier levels. So there's the plaid level, and then there is the new maximum plaid level. And remember, you can upgrade too. You can always always change your pledge anytime you want. So if you're at plaid now, you can jump up to maximum plaid, which a couple of people have already done. And with maximum plaid, that new tier, you will get not only the early access, not only the bonus episode every month, and not only uh, caller priority if you call in, and the uh, shout-out at the, na- the end of each episode, which I'm about to do now, but Maximum Plaid makes you invited every month to the group Google Hangout that will happen for the Maximum Plaid-level supporters. We'll hang out together on a Sunday, and we will talk about all things Tesla and get to see each other. That's the beauty part you got. If, you, if you've got a, a webcam, it's, you don't have to if you don't want to, but it's nice to see and chat with, with uh, fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts. So that is going, and I want to start with the 
extra level, extra special shout out for the Maximum Plaid level backers. They are Pete White, Danny Nelson, and Jonathan Wales so far. Feel free to join them if you're uh, interested in supporting the podcast. Again, this podcast will always be free. The Patreon is completely voluntary. It's just if you are willing and able to support me, if you if you feel that I have uh, earned your support and you're in a position to be able to to uh, support me at some level, I would sincerely appreciate it because, as as is hopefully obvious, a lot of time, energy, love, enthusiasm, research, all that goes into this podcast every single week, and I'm proud of that every week. I don't miss a week. It's uh, it's a real point of pride for me, and I'm I'm happy to be able to say that. Proud to be able to say that. So thank you to the Maximum Plaid backers. Perhaps more of you will join that group in time for next week's show. But there's also the Plaid Level crew, who I want to thank as well. The newest member of that group, Steve Drumheller. Thank you so much, Steve. As well as George Cassioppo, David Brander, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dorian Steve, Steve Guberman, pardon me, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Will Stedman, Evie Tricity UK, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, Richard Folkers, Trenton from Myrtle Beach, The Lydia Family, Michael Regal, Mark Eversoll, Ish, Chris Beach, Aaron Altschul, Steve Radspinner, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Seth Capello, Jamie Dalton, Noel and Lucy Murphy, my friend on Twitter, at Rodam, Nick and Tony, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, John Schmidt, Fernando Cordero, and Eric St. Pierre. Thank you all so very much for your very generous support. And with that, that comes to the end of a very long episode of Ride the Lightning, the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. Of course, new episodes drop every Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, unless you're in at uh, certain levels of the Patreon, in which case you can get it early, about, eh, I mean, technically like 36 hours early. It's uploaded. It is now very late in the evening here on Friday night. It's So it's basically, it's there for you, regardless of time zone. It's there for you when you wake up on Saturday morning, if you have that early access. I guess if you're in Hawaii, you could catch it. It's still early enough in the evening. You might want to catch it Friday night if you're in Hawaii. Anyway, for Daisy the Boxer, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Thank you so much for joining me for the palindromatic episode 272 of Ride the Lightning. Next week, big show. It'll be a fun one. It's always a busy uh, busy one, a lot to put together, but always enjoy doing the quarterly earnings call episodes. So stay tuned for that. Until then, happy electric motoring. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make it's.
It's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun. 